Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh my God, the 2021 Saints injury apocalypse is upon us, and there is only one thing that can help you get through it. That is the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug. That's right. It makes any alcohol you pour in it to help you survive the Saints injury apocalypse taste 75% better. It's science. How do you get the Saints season survival mug? You become a Saints Happy Hour annual subscriber. You get the mug for free and you get two months off. You get access to this podcast every day. You get access to our Discord channel, which we talk Saints 24-7. It's amazing. You should do it. Get the Saints happy hour survival mug to help you through the rest of the 2021 Saints season and you're gonna need it for the off season you're gonna need it for the draft so do it go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today Ralph Marlboro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there. The 2021 Saints refused to go quietly into the night. The Rona gave Cam Jordan superpowers. And now the battle cry is go Rams. Thomas, hit that intro. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie, Andrew, and Dave. All right, I got uh, got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. Try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. Eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, huh? You got to cut people down all the time. Is that what you got to do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are live on Twitch. If you aren't, follow us on Twitch. And remember to subscribe to Saints Happy Hour wherever you get your podcast. Also, become an annual patron at patreon.com slash saintshappyhour to get the best Saints podcast every day, and you get two months for free. Oh, and by the way, we had three new Twitch subscribers since our last show. <laughs> Big JMC2, and not Liner, and Brett and Lafayette, all subbed with Prime. Speaking of which, remember that once a month you can support us totally free if you use Amazon Prime. All you have to do 
is go to twitch.tv slash Saints Happy Hour. Click the subscribe button below the stream and choose the option subscribe with Prime. It's easy and it's going to take you less than five minutes. So go ahead and do it, even if you're listening on the audio version of the show. We have a special guest tonight. Scott Prather of 1420 ESPN is pinch hitting for Andrew and Dave because Dave is trying to get to Orlando. He can't do it. He's taking a flight out tonight. Andrew can't get home because they have like 50 inches of snow. That's right. In uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. So Scott Prather, 1420 ESPN of Lafayette. He said, Ralph, it's my birthday and I'll pinch hit. But you have to sing happy birthday to me. So here you go, Scott. Happy birthday, Mr. Prather. Happy birthday to you. Was that good enough? Well, it was about as smooth as a Taysom Hill throw out of the pocket under pressure. That's that's what that was. But, hey, the effort was there. Well done, Ralph. What are we drinking? What are we drinking tonight, boys? I'm drinking a headliner uh, blonde ale from St. Arnold's. Um, Sunkiss Zero. Just, <laughs> just bad for your teeth. No caffeine. Nothing. Just That's for the right. taste. Just for the taste. <laughs> that Japanese whiskey I was drinking a couple of weeks. Uh, Suntory. Suntory. Yeah, nice Holy Japanese whiskey. Suntory. So. Here's thanks to everybody in the in the chat. By the way, I wanted to give a shout out to CK. He predicted the Saints would win seventeen to ten. He was off by just a single point. So congratulations, CK. Yeah. But uh, the defense carries the day uh, for the fourth straight week. They're delivering big time. Uh, Cam Jordan he explains uh, his sort of domination in the last month and why the defensive line in general is kicking ass. Thomas, play that soundbite. It's like, it's like the stocks, it's self-corrections. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when I think about uh, it, it's a season, it's a marathon. It ain't, it ain't a short sprint. And at the end of the day, um, early this year, again, I was, I was missing Marcus. I was missing uh, David Onyemata. Um, once, once my, once my D line came back, we came back strong. Um, you know, when you're catching those double teams, those triple teams early on in the season, uh, it can bog you down. Marcus comes back, starts getting a little bit of pressure, starts getting some sacks. Uh, they can't, they can no longer, you know, do focus on just me. Uh, David Onyemata comes back, they can no longer just focus on me and Marcus. Um, and that's where you see the change. I mean, it's it's a full blown push from the entire D line. I mean, Carl Grandison really turned it on in the middle of the stretch, and that's honestly where you see you see the, the change. Um, you know, we've always we've always played the run well, and that's why I've never just looked at just sack numbers. Look at my entire game. I play first down, I play second down, I play third down, I play fourth down, I play overtime, I play whatever it takes to win. Um, and that's the same thing that goes through uh, Marcus. That's the same thing that goes to uh, David Onyemata, the same thing that goes to Demario Davis. Um, don't just look at one facet of our game. I mean, we try and play a complete uh, game. We're not just edge rushers. We're edge defenders. Um, and I think that goes a little bit farther than just sacks. Kevin, I hate to do I hate to do the same old like talk radio or or internet Twitter topic to get to get people mad or whatever. And the topic of oh, if the Saints had this defense in any other year, they were true, they'd win a Super Bowl. I don't want to go into that, but I want to ask you this question: Is this the best the Saints defense has ever been playing? Potentially going into the playoffs under Sean Payton. I feel like this defense is just, it's, it's amazing right now. You don't have to include that. Just 
leave out the potentially going to the playoffs thing. Um, this definitely feels like the best defense that the Saints have had since 2006. I know in 2009 they were insane with turnovers and 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 the plus minus and all that kind of stuff. But you looked at if you looked at the numbers and the stats throughout the season, they were always like 12th, you know, like 12 yeah. to 16, you know, like just outside of like the just at, like they were outside of the top tier, they weren't like great, but poor, they were good. Poor Sam Darnold is with wrecked. a spectacular <laughs> offense. That's enough to win it for you. It's now the inverse. <clears throat> it's now it's almost the inverse. You get a defense that is absolutely spectacular, and this offense, which has had to muddle through weeks <laughs> of just poor play, injury, illness, this, that, and the other thing, finally did enough or has finally done enough in the last few weeks to where they've been able to get a couple of wins. The defense has carried this team, and it's stunning. After after the Drew Brees era, to see a Saints team be this spectacular on defense is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. It's my tiny mind is just gone. Scott, I love you. You're one of my old friends from radio days in that way. And I lo- one of the things I love about you is you – you love the 2000 Saints as much oh, as you. Yeah. The streak that Cam Jordan is on, I was trying to think of a guy that in Saints history, in recent history or whenever, that is doing what he's done since he came back from the Rona and became a superhero. I was thinking maybe like a four or five game stretch of Leroy Glover in 2000. This, what he's doing, he basically went from oh, my God, maybe we need to get rid of him because he's washed, to, oh, my God, he's as good as he's ever been. Like, I was trying to think of a defensive player on a run like this for the Saints, a pass rusher. Can you think of one? It's not really. I mean, it, people will laugh. There was like a really – because Cam Jordan's been been good for a long time. There was like a brief period of time in 01 where Charlie Clemens led the league in stop <laughs> like seven games, and we were all freaked out like – this guy, you know, they moved Keith Mitchell back to his old spot because Charlie Clemens was healthy in 01. Mitchell had been a pro bowler, and he was doing all this stuff. And I remember getting way too excited. It turned out he just wasn't that good. He just had, like, a nice stretch. He and might think, be – if we ever did a unicorn bracket of yeah. one-season wonders, Charlie Clemens like, might be a one-seed. He was like a half-season wonder. <laughs> but, like, for Cam, it was, you know, let's just look at this season in a vacuum. There was, like, he has the huge game – and against Tampa, and it's like, well, is he, you know, is this a flash in the pan? Is he going to go back to not doing anything? And it turned out, no, you know, he's kept it up. But, like, like, my question is, why, like, he explained it right, you know, on Yamada, Davenport. Now that you have healthy guys on the D-line, guess what? He's playing a hell of a lot better. Like, why do we why do we do that with some positions where we're like, well, you know, you really can't judge them because That's right. this guy and this guy and this guy. Well, Cam Jordan, it was just, oh, he must be washed. I guess this is probably his last days as a saint. You can't keep him around for sentimental reasons. And now he's on the – I mean, That's right. look, when he, when he made the Pro Bowl, I, I was kind of guilty of it too. It was like, you know, he really doesn't deserve it this year. This is just based on name. And yet the last few weeks since he got – you know, I since he got corona – 
I mean, Ralph, if your wife comes back anything like that, <laughs> you're you're in for a good time, brother. Because you're in. For I me. mean, Jordan's look, looking as good as he's ever looked the last few weeks. Kevin, this defense, I was trying to put it in perspective of how good they were yesterday. And the only thing I could come up with for my column was when Maher, how do you say his name? Brett Maher. Maher. When he missed missed the extra point, that should have felt like a calamity for the 2021 Saints. Instead, I was like, eh, whatever. Darnold can play till Thursday and not score. Like, that's how good this defense. I was fully confident that Darnold was not driving the Panthers down and scoring a touchdown and making a two-point conversion. Like, that's the level of confidence I, I have in this defense. Can you remember the last time you felt this good about a Saints defense? Are you thinking? He's thinking. <laughs> yeah. He's thinking. Yeah. Play the Jeopardy <laughs> theme. Birds Thomas. flying through my head. Um, no, I mean, I, I really can't. Yeah, I really. Wait, I really is somebody can't. taking a dump on I air? Really I thought can't. that was we only played the chime when Dave was taking I a dump really on can't. air. Sorry, my yeah, there, there is nothing. There is not like you could maybe say you could point again, you could point to the 2009 season and just say something's going to happen. Tiger Saints says Mar costs you 200 bucks. Something's going to happen here and and it'll work out. Like we'll get a turnover, whatever, you know, like the proverbial horseshoe up the ass kind of thing. This is just like. I, I felt about as nervous as, like, you would feel, okay, the offense isn't scoring touchdowns. We've been relying on the kicker to score every single point for the last three po- uh, last three <laughs> weeks. It, it had been the kicker every single time. So even when the Saints did get the, get the lead, I'm looking at it like, you know, 12-10, the Saints have to get, you know, hopefully that they can get a score or, or maybe get another field goal because... I was a little nervous about that, but not, I never felt overwhelmed, like, oh my God, this is over, like, they're still not going to win, I don't even know why we took the lead, blah, 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 Um, and so maybe that just speaks to just my own comfort level with this defense, and maybe it varies with other people, maybe... Maybe they're completely on board, and the second the Saints even take a slight lead at the beginning of the game, it's like, oh, this defense has it on lock. I'm kicking my feet up for the next 58 minutes or whatever. It's, 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 we're good to go. I don't know. I'm rambling. No, and Scott, the other thing about the defense is, and I wish Juge was here because he, he grades the tape, and you should become a patron so you can get Andrew's grades. They're amazing. He graded them again this week. Um, C.D. Deuce is – he's one of the most beloved Saints, obviously. The taunting of Brady, the Chicago, the fact that he gets opponents to punch him in the face and doesn't react. We love him. But he's sort of been up and down this year. But I just feel like – I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, he's back off of IR and healthy and the Saints defense is better. Like, And I can't even put, like, put into words, like, what he gives the Saints – but he gives them something. I don't know if it's swagger, being an asshole. Like it, but he gives them something that they didn't have when he wasn't playing and he wasn't healthy. Has there been a better shit talker? Has there been a better <laughs> troll 
in the history of Saints football. I don't know. He's got a PhD in it. He literally can just piss off anyone, no matter how much warning they have. And I, I think, look, he's not – he has to play nickel most of the time. You ask a lot of defensive coaches, they'll tell you it's the hardest spot to play on the on the defense. And I think he – because he's gotten beat at times, because there were games certainly early in the season when teams would get him on crossing routes, he has this rep of like, oh, you know, he talks a lot of shit, but he gets burned a lot. And I'm not, I'm not telling you he's like playing at an all-pro level – but I do think he's a better actual player on the field than a lot of people give him credit for, especially as of late. I mean, he's gotten better since he's been in the league. He's gotten better since he's been on the team. And to your point, there's something about that guy. You know, like, I, I think whenever Michael Thomas cold clocked him, the fact that <laughs> by all accounts, the whole team had CDs back and yeah. not Michael's, like you – CD's the guy that, you know, apparently gets in everyone's skin, and yet everybody had his back. And I think that tells you something about sort of the us versus them mentality and how he, for whatever reason, I mean, he's like, they love him. And he does give them, you know, because De- DeMario Davis is, he, he lets his play do the talking, right? And he's awesome, and he's a man, a guy. Like, he's not somebody that, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to hit you hard and then after, and then just, you know, kind of get back there and do his little Hadouken deal. But, I mean, C.D. is not as much the physical guy as just his, his – the most sore thing after a game is his jaw because he never <laughs> shuts up. And his vocal cords, and he makes these annoying noises. And I don't know how he does it, Ralph. But, yeah, I think I think you could tell if the team didn't like him because you, you see these sort of braggadocious characters over the years, and you hear from teammates, and you get a sense that, like, okay, he's a good player, but it's not like we like him. It's not like he's a guy yeah. that we, like – you know, go to bat for if we were in an alley. You don't get that with C.D. Douche. You, you get, you really get the sense that, like, his teammates truly love him. And, like, he annoys everybody else. He's like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole, right? And, and we're going to protect him, and he's going to protect us. So, no, man, I, I I love that, dude. I mean, if you're a Saints fan and you don't like C.D. Deuce, then you're not a Saints fan. I don't want to hear it. Uh, Kevin, what would C.D. Deuce have to do against the Falcons in a playoff game for you to buy a CD Deuce jersey? I mean, I don't do any I, – I really don't buy jerseys. Um, so let's just – so it, it would it would have to be pick off Matt Ryan three times, run one of them back for a score, and, and after he's done running it back for a score – somehow taunt him, Matt Ryan, enough to get Matt Ryan chucked out of the game. <laughs> so let's let's if say anybody that. could do it. If anybody could do it. If anybody can do it. Let's say that. I hope Cam Jordan sacks Matt Ryan like eight times Sunday. I mean th- listen, the Atlanta offensive line is bad and and they've been bad all year. So like I don't expect the renaissance of the pass rush to end we'll get we'll get to atlanta game predictions later um the offense once again scott was at the game uh they did things they they didn't they attended um but here's the thing i would that's another thing i wish oh i always wish everyone was here but dave last week made a plea to sean payton to run the damn ball he wanted the saints to run the ball 40 50 times against Miami. He's like, just run the ball into the brick wall uh, because Ian Book was terrible and you should have run the ball more. And 
I think Sean Payton listens to this podcast. We know we know uh we know Connor does because he's a patron. Uh right. but Sean Payton said after the game, listen, I did you watch this game? There's a reason I run the ball and we w- want to be one dimensional, and I'm gonna keep on doing it. Uh Thomas, play that sound bite. I was frustrated at half. I, I just thought, man. We had some Emmys. We, we didn't do much of anything well in the run game, uh, obviously. And then, you know, we were able to make some hay in the second half. We'll look at the tape. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot we look at that we have to clean up, and there's some guys in there playing right now, um, maybe getting more playing time that they're used to. But I still think that ability to be two-dimensional as opposed to one-dimensional is, is important, especially as you're paying attention to, like, the game that we were just playing. I mean, basically, Scott, I took that as I was not going to allow my offense to lose this game. And if you don't like the fact that I had the ball on Carolina's side of the 50 and punted three different times, three times straight, and just kept pinning them back, pinning them back like it was 1957, tough shit. This is who we are. This is what we do. It's how they're going to win games. I mean, why would anyone blame him for it? You've got. (laughs) Good special teams with the exception. There it is. Look at Kamara, the one good run they had. <laughs> exception to your field goal kicker, which has been off and on all season. And I know Mahard made his field goals. Of course, he missed the PAT. But, like, outside of that, your special teams is good. And your defense, as we talked about, is playing at an elite level right now. You're playing, you know, Jimmy and Joe on the O-line and backup <laughs> quarterbacks and a receiving core that, you know, was is, is not good. I mean, just to be frank. So what would you want them to do? Like, don't turn it over. Obviously, this team isn't built to come from behind by multiple scores. If that happens in a game, they're toast. But if it's close, I know, you know, look, you get spoiled 15 years of just this illustrious offense that, that can do all kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, just fucking win. I told Tate. Why, why do you want him to do something else? I asked Thomas to find good running plays. <laughs> he ran Kamara's play like three times. There was none. <laughs> they literally... Yeah. That was was that the thirty yard run? Yeah, three that separate times. That was it, man. That was it. That was Kamara, it. Kamara rushed for thirteen times for thirty two yards, and you just saw thirty of them. <laughs> right there. Hey, Kevin, that's a great segue to the question that I want to ask you. If Ingram, Dave's boyfriend, if he's got a knee issue, if he can't go, and the Saints are running the ball well against Atlanta. What is the over-under of carries for Kamara in this game if the Saints are running the ball well and they don't have Ingram, knowing they need to win this game to get a playoff spot? What's the over-under for Kamara carries Sunday? Well, let's see. I mean, so we're assuming we're assuming Hill is the starting quarterback again. Yeah. Your UDFA son. Tony Jones Jr. Yeah, I mean, he got one carry for minus two yesterday. Um, He was terrible. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey. It makes me almost. We're we're, we're not. We're not. We're not taking any any uh, any gib from uh, from across the Atlantic Ocean here. That's right. Um. See now, now you've lost my train of lost me my train of thought, Tomas. Um, Fuck that. Over under. Let's go. Okay, Alvin Kamara. I'm going to say he's rushing the ball 16 times. If the fa- if if they're really rushing it good, 
I'm going to say 16 times because I think Tony Jones will actually get like three, three or four touches. I think Taysom will probably wind up doing about the same 12, 13 rushes. And yeah, they'll just keep like Alvin Kamara will get 16, 17. Scott, I would pound the over. I think I think if the Saints are running the ball good against Atlanta, I think Kamara might set a re- whatever his record for carries is, he's going to shatter it. Like I could if, see 20. If it's, if it's a close game, yes. Right. I think because Peyton's not going he's not going to trust he's going to in a situation like this where it's not winning you get in, but you lose and there's no way you get in, right? You know, of course you need yeah. help. But the fact that a playoff spot's on the line, he's not going to trust Tony Jones Jr. with respect. Like if it's if they if they have a lead of more than one possession, yeah, you know what they're gonna you know maybe Ty Montgomery gets some carries, Tony Jones. But if it's a close game and they're running well, I would say Kamara's over over. I would say twenty one or twenty. Well, you maybe. you say it's not for you. You say it might not be to clinch a playoff sp- spot, but I'm sure they'll know the score. And maybe the Rams are in control of that game. Knock okay. on wood, it could go, guys. Like you could look up in the third quarter and be like, "The Rams are up twenty-one to seven. We win this game. We're going." So, like, the urgency could get more. Um, Scott, watching Taysom yesterday, was he good yesterday? I feel like he might have been. You're grading him on a curve, though, aren't you? I mean, I grade him with a curve with the receivers and the offensive no, line. He and like, wasn't he? Look, he had he had a, he had that great throw to 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 Callaway, you know, near the end of the first half. But I mean, no, he I, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he played like a backup quarterback who, you know, Thomas is throwing was, all, all his bad throws. I mean, look, mm. like, you know, he just there even the ones that all get there most of the time, later. receivers mm. having to like stop and. You know, drop down. He's, but that's that's what he is. He's not the most. I mean, like I said, his accuracy about as good as you. You know, singing happy birthday. It's so by his standards. If you're saying, oh, it's a backup quarterback, that. But I mean, like Saints' offensive standards, like for what they what they are capable of doing right now in 2021. Like, could he have been better yesterday? I don't know. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, look at that throw. You know, there were actually three guys open on that play. I'm not saying that he was like the Carolina guy was open too. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying he was terrible. I'm just. I won't go as far as saying that he was good. He he didn't turn it over thanks to the Panther drop, and he did what you know they needed to do. When you got a makeshift O line, Taysom's the only answer. I mean, Book and Simeon, they're gonna. They're just they get crumbled back there. So I, I won't I won't say good, no. But I won't say terrible. I'll say that I'll give him a C minus. How's that? Ralph, <laughs> That's interesting. Ralph, can I can I can I jump in real quick? Go ahead. So while you guys were going, I decided to look uh Alvin Kamara's uh games with the most rushes. The three he's had uh the his top three games or his games the three games with the most rushes. He's had 27 rushes, 26 rushes, 24 rushes, all in the 2021 season. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. One of them is what, Seattle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so let's see. The 27 rushes was against the Jets. The 26 rushes was against the Giants. And the 24 rushes was against the Patriots. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
So I would set the over the over under on his max carries would be twenty would be like twenty seven and a half, right? I mean, yeah, but that's like his career high yeah, is twenty seven. That's too much. So I mean, you I you're probably overshooting it there. Like you, you, maybe you're uh, if you're going to look for an over under, maybe twenty twenty and a half, twenty one and a half. All right, we'll set it there. 21 and a half. Scott, over under Camara carries Sunday, 21 and a half. I'll go under. I think it's right right at 21. That's my bold prediction. I'm going to go over. Kevin? Yeah, I'll go go under. I I think it winds up being maybe, well, again, I said 16, 17, so I'll I'll stick with that. Yeah. Well, that's what it was my next segment. I started to get to it, and then Kevin, which I like the the fact you you went and hunted down Alvin Kamara's career high in carries. And you have somebody in the background doing the research for you. I saw someone come <laughs> He's in. He's got roommates. Like, At least they're not crawling on the floor like they have been the last couple of weeks, Scott. So, um, so, but Kevin, Kevin, we know we the know. Saints' defense is ceiling, right? They can make Tom Brady break tablets and throw tantrums. What is this offense's like? If they play Atlanta, in your mind, what's the absolute best they can play as far as yards, points, whatever? Not including like four defensive turnovers. Like in your mind, what's the best this offense can give us in the season finale? No, you don't have to predict a score because we do that later. But what's their ceiling? Again. Some you know maybe somewhere in like the two two seventy two seventy two eighty total yards. Uh, I'm just assuming that like Kamara gets the ball as off as much as he they does. They had two eighty yesterday against. Okay, well, Carolina. okay, okay. If then if they had two eighty yesterday, then let's bump it up to two ninety five. Okay, let's bump it up to two ninety five. You get Taysom making a few really good deep throws and then making those like intermediate passes that end up getting some extra yak and 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 that's about it. So just under 200 yards for Taysom and then like 100 or so rushing something like that. Scott, what's the ceiling of this offense? Uh, are they? Are they? Do they have the same offensive line that they had yesterday? I would assume so, because maybe you get Armstead back. Yeah, it's it's probably you know they, they get a, a fair amount. You know, certainly you look at the Jets game and some of these games. There's a decent amount of, co- of cosmetic yards late, but I it, it's probably I think I mean the ceiling honestly with that offensive line and and the receivers and everything. Against Atlanta, who's pretty terrible, I would say is probably around 320 yards tops, and that's 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 the ceiling, right? I'm not expecting that. And it's a lot of rushing ceiling. yards, right? Right. And and you look you look at the you know I mean the, the Saints had what 207 passing yards against Carolina. <laughs> you know a lot of them came on the big play to Callaway, and um, I don't know. You look at some of the other big pass plays this year, maybe Deontay Harris or Deontay Hardy now taking it, you know, a lot of yards after catch. So I don't – I just – with that that offensive line, it's just so hard. And those receivers, it's just so hard to generate a lot of offense. I think the ceiling is about 320, honestly. And 
they get in the playoffs, you know, it's the Rams, and uh, well, we'll just we'll just really hold off on that. But here's, you know, Kevin, he brought up a good point about Marquez Callaway. And by the way, people in the chat are saying, um, uh, you know, we got to watch out for uh, Patterson and Pitts. We'll get to Atlanta in a little bit. But Marquez Callaway, Kevin, I was trying to think of him as like a Saints receiver that's as perplexing as him. And people brought up Devery Henderson, but I don't remember Devery Henderson making circus catches when he struggled for the Saints. I remember him being wide open and not being able to catch the ball. I don't remember him making a bunch of circus catches. Can you think of a guy as perplexing as Callaway? Because he will make incredibly difficult catches and then he'll drop back-to-back ones that hit him right on the number one of his jersey. Like, Thomas is playing the highlight there. Like, that's a tremendous catch. It's all hands, no body. It's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and then he runs another route where it's a, it's a great route. He's wide open. And boom, he's dropping the ball. Can you think of, a, like, a, the Doppler gang or uh, another Saints receiver that's, that's, that's as perplexing as him? The, the, <laughs> It, did you just say Doppler gang? A Doppler, Doppler ganger? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know Carl Arredondo came back and, and is running. Ralph can't a, say a anyone's name right now. Um. Yes. Anyway, I, I I think I get I get why people would make the comparison with Devery Henderson because Devery. Hang on, I got to just move my shoes. Pardon me. Um. <laughs> you know, it's my own house. I can take my shoes off. Um. Okay, Mr. Rogers. Devery would make Devery would make these great catches. <laughs> these running, you know, these deep balls that Drew would 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 connect with, like the flea flickers and things like that. And then you rewind like a couple of seasons, like early on in Devery's career, and you can look back at old audio, old episodes of this. We I I, I we were calling him Stone Hands. Yeah. From unnecessary roughness, because the guy had the speed, he couldn't hang on to a football uh, to to save his life. I said he looked like a toddler trying to catch a beach ball. But after a couple of years, he started to really just make the catches. And all it became was, okay, Devery is going to have, like, this set number of, like, he's only going to reach this height in terms of catches. But almost all of them are going to be amazing. And it's all going to just, it, it's all just seemingly going to be breakaway, things like that. That's right. Whereas Callaway, it's not, it's not the running, it's not the go, what, what would you call it? A go route? Like just the straight, what is that? The one? The go route, yeah. Okay. It's not those. It's run out, curl, hook back, bang, catch, and then see if you can get something afterwards. Or, Catch something short, see what you can do there, shit like that. And it's not, again, it's the drops feel consistent, the, oh, he should have had it, that sort of consistency. Ted Ginn, people are style, saying. Ted Ginn's a good one. What he was actually pulling in. in the chat, right? That's what I was thinking. I saw uh, the Saints Mexi. I mean, I guess. You don't think of Ted Ginn right out the gate because he had such a long career and it wasn't like he was with the Saints for the bulk of it. But that was kind of Ted Ginn's whole career. 
he he was under a bigger you know he was under a different well, Ted Ginn. he was a first round pick and did other things and had a lot of speed but he was that guy that would make a circus catch and then just you know drop the easy ones Ted Ginn in 2017 for the Saints he was amazing and the drops like disappeared for like a year and One he year. was yep. and he was amazing and oh by the way Ted Ginn was a monster in both of those playoff games in 2017 but Here's my question to you, Scott. And I don't care. People are going to say, I'm just saying this to stir it up. But mostly, I just want an excuse to play this video. All I'm saying, the Saints need a receiver. An all-pro receiver came available today. The Saints, they worked him out one time. Antonio Brown, (laughs) get him a jersey. Get him for the playoffs. Revenge game against the Bucks. Who's with me? Are you with me? Everyone. <laughs> Bro, I know. I know you like to embrace chaos, but I like, do. come on, man. This <laughs> this isn't even worth the content you would get out of it. Let's be real. It's not. I mean, you know, he's come on. I mean, God, what, what I hate to say? hear that. I hate to hear that. Well, yeah, I, I would love to actually hear what Jim Mora has to say about Antonio Brown just mid-game, just it makes me calling it off. in. Serious mental issues aside, which I did, Tom Brady said it after the game, look, we, we, we care about Antonio. He, I hope he gets the help he needs. People need to be compassionate. That aside, Kevin. I think that might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I've heard of players quitting at halftime. They had a bill a couple of years ago that, like, he went into half. He's like, I'm done. Vontae he, Davis. He, yeah, Vontae Davis. But this, this is the craziest thing. I mean, he's waving to the crowd and walking, took, running took off. His, yeah, took, took, the, took his jersey and the pads off and just said, see you later. I don't know, man. It's somebody on Twitter, and and I think it was uh, I want to say it was Wolf on Twitter um, who said that the guy has like he was saying something about attitude issues and and mental health issues, and I just. I don't know. I put out there, can't it be both? Can't he yeah. just be, can't this guy, this one guy, be an asshole and the his own mental health makeup on top of whatever sort of traumatic brain injury type shit that occurs in football has all happened to him and that has made has that has made this particular asshole an even bigger asshole. No, I don't know. But Scott, I guess a- answering your question, I would not want him anywhere near the Saints. He needs to stay away from football. He needs to get whatever sort of mental and emotional help that he needs, and I hope he finds it and gets it. But I don't think being in the NFL is the right for him at the thing moment. is is good for him at this particular time. Granted, I am an unathletic 41-year-old dude who doesn't play pro sports, so we can just take that for what it's worth. But I am I am a 41-year-old dude who has had or I guess has mental issues. So 
I can just say, take care of that shit and worry about the put, put everything else secondary. I don't know. Solve your not problems to make this, with aggression. I would not, not to advise make this that. A buck, not to make this a Bucks podcast. Oh, I thought you said we're going to keep it a buck, and I was about to be like, no. well, well, we're going to have to retire that phrase for everybody because you just used it. No. Um, I was going to say, clearly, Scott, Tampa needed him because he, he, he did the fake Vax card. They didn't cut him. And they're missing Godwin. Mike Evans is injured. Gronk is old. Like, they needed Antonio Brown, I feel like, to make a deep run to get back to the Super Bowl. I wish it could it could have worked out where the Saints could have made the playoffs and played them first. Um, because I think this is a death blow to Tampa's uh, chances to repeat. Uh, they needed him to be good for them to go deep in the playoffs. Do you Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they were kind of like last year they were starting to play their best ball going into the playoffs, and this year they they seem like they're sinking a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they barely got by the Jets. They're beat up. And I don't think Arians really liked the idea of getting Antonio Brown. He just, you know, it, Tom Brady said, you know, bend over, and Arians <laughs> says, sure, whatever you need. I mean, that, that was totally to appease Tom Brady. Um, he probably didn't want him back. He probably didn't want him back after the back stuff, but – you know, he's going to do what Tom Brady wants. And That's what somebody somebody said it on Twitter. They're like, Bruce Arians said Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. And somebody tweeted, did you ask the Tampa Bay head coach Tom Brady about it? No. <laughs> did you ask the GM? Did you ask team owner Tom Brady? Tom Brady, um, right. The weird thing with Brown is like, I know I see a lot of people saying, oh, you know, he'll be back. It's the NFL, da 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 This isn't like a, a Josh Gordon sort of substance issue. And it's... What he did the other day was like so over the top and theatrical, and you got a sense. There's like it, it's it's. I don't. I actually maybe I'm in the minority here. I don't think he's playing in the NFL again. I, I just I don't, don't see so another either. team finally. I don't being think so either. It, because it's, it's too much between what happened with the Raiders. He was on the Patriots for a week, and then you know Brady gets him on the Bucks, and and it helped him, and they won a Super Bowl, but. He's just. Uh, I, I think. I think you're going to start seeing it. What was it? Brooks Kepka is like he'll probably be boxing a Paul brother soon. I mean, that's oh that's God. the route for Antonio Brown moving forward. I mean, he's made I, a shit ton of money too. No, I, Kevin, I don't. I think Scott's right. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to play in the NFL again because Tom Brady was his benefactor. Like he was done in the NFL, kinda, and then. The Patriots brought him on because Brady wanted him, and they brought him to Tampa because Brady wanted him. Like. And unless Brady is going to go somewhere else after Tampa, which, I mean, maybe that deal with the devil lasts another 10 years. I don't know. But, like, that was it. Like, like Antonio Brown was getting an NFL paycheck because Tom Brady wanted him in Tampa. And now, I don't think another, like, I, I don't think another team. quarterback has the juice, uh, has the juice to get Somebody like Antonio Ooh, Brown on their question. team. I've been immunized. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers doing whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. He's basically running Green Bay right now. But yeah. uh, I guess, I, I guess, I guess Aaron Rodgers, because he, if he, if he would, if he was going to get traded to a team, or maybe Russell, maybe Russell Wilson, he has a no trade. Like he could say, "Hey, I don't think Russell has that. Has that kind of Rodgers and Brady, right? I don't yeah, think there's Rodgers. another yeah. one out there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah." All right. Well, I want the Saints to sign 
Antonio Brown because I love chaos and you should totally um, tweet that out, Ralph, and 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 let the uh, <laughs> let the uh, intelligentsia of uh, Saints Twitter uh, digest that, and I'm sure come up with some reasonable responses to you. Thomas, make a graphic. Should the totally Saints reasonable. sign Antonio Brown and put it on put it on Facebook and see how long it takes you before you have to disable the comments. Uh, <laughs> All right, so we have a segment on the show now, Scott, that we do every week. It's uh, the Saints make a wish segment because a lot of times punts feel like first downs and first downs feel like touchdowns and touchdowns feel like winning the lottery. Uh, and he, and Tom, Thomas, graphics maestro extraordinaire, made this amazing graphic for us. Uh, if you're not on the Twitch live stream, you should get on the Twitch live stream and, and join the show because then you can see the graphics. He's got me as the lion. I could read. He's got – Kevin, I wish I had a girlfriend. He's got Dave saying he wants hair. He's got Andrew, I wish I knew football. And he's got uh, Gail Benson just because I guess he likes Gail Benson. Um, So this week's segment, make a wish. And my wish for the Saints is that a tight end catches a touchdown. Because I feel like if the Saints are having a tight end catch a touchdown, things are going really, really, really good against the Falcons. So, Scott, make a wish. You can't just, like, wish for the Saints to win because we got to do predictions later. But make a wish for the Saints Sunday. Oh, you already said it. I want Cam Jordan to sack Matt Ryan eight times. <laughs> uh, eight might be pushing it, but let's Only just eight. say, like, five. I mean, no, there's no player in the oh, NFL. interception! Oh, there, dude, play the whole clip when they start laughing at Matt Ryan getting trucked by Shy Tuttle. Um, yeah, dude, I, I give Cam Jordan like five sacks. There's no player in the league that sacked another player more than Cam Jordan to sack Matt Ryan. The way Cam's playing right now, you know, the Saints had that great game on Halloween. The next week they came back, shit to bed. Probably the worst performance by the D-line all season was that game against Atlanta. Matt Ryan just got to sit back there and do whatever the hell he wanted. All you got to do is pressure him. I mean, the guy's about as nimble as Ralph, no offense. So just get back. No, no, all, offense. all offense, Scott. I, guess, yeah. I take uh, offense, no lies no detected from me, Kevin. Hey, Ralph can move better than Matt Ryan in the pocket. I, I, I I've been getting therapy, Scott. I got, the, I got the grip strength of an 11-year-old boy now, and I got more flexibility in my Achilles. I'm, I'm making sure. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. So Kevin, make a wish for us. Yeah, I'll uh, sure. Let's just let's just stick with the theme of things we said earlier as the wish, and I'll just say uh, CJ GJ uh, gets uh, three picks, runs <laughs> one of them back for a touchdown, and then taunts Matt Ryan and uh, incites Matt Ryan to get thrown out of the game. All right. So last week. Dave uh, got on you people about the hotline. Uh, that's Dave's baby for new listeners. I know sometimes we get a lot of new listeners when the Saints win and it's play- they have a chance to make the playoffs. So we probably have a lot of new listeners this week. So the hotline bounced back this week. Radio voice Adam, he great. doubted the Saints and then apologized in the same hotline today. We had an offensive line suggestion to fix it that's brilliant and – Scott, I know you'll like this one and appreciate it. We had a father-daughter song. So, Thomas, play that hotline. 
It's time for this week's Hottest Takes from the Saints Happy Hour Hotline. Hey guys, it's Adam the Radio Voice calling you from Maryland right now. There's two minutes left in the first half, and I'm calling this game already. It's over. Saints lose. Carolina wins. This offense is offensive. It's horrible. It's terrible. Taysom Hill is not the answer. He flat out sucks. Human being, great human being. Quarterback sucks horribly. Keep him at what he needs to be, a Swiss Army knife. But worst home record in 25 years. And, again, I'm calling this with two minutes left to go in the first half. This game is over. It's terrible. And if they win, you have all rights to make fun of me, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Take care. Peace. Maybe who that? Hey, guys. This is Poncho. I'm here driving with my wife. Um, I just wanted to say, like, you know back in the glory days when we talked about playoff Josh Hill? Well, is the new playoff Josh Hill, is that like COVID, post-COVID Jordan? Like, whatever medicine he took to get better, whatever vaccines he did to get better from COVID, that's what they need to be handing out to the rest of the team. Who that? See you guys later. Hey, you're down in the uh, radio voice from Maryland. Okay, I stand corrected. They came back and they He's won back. 18 to 10. All right, I'll take it. I'm good. All right, a little premature. All right, take care. Bye. The Saints need to fire all of their backup offensive lineman and replace him with a giant pile of marshmallows in front of Taysom Hill. Because they couldn't be much worse pass blocking and it would only be an improvement run blocking. And at least they had something to snack on in between plays. Jesus f***ing Christ, that was an abomination. But it was a win. One more game, baby. Who that? I think Cam Jordan just sacked Sam Donald again while Cesar Ruiz is passing off his guy and letting Taysom get killed. This was pretty much a typical Saints win. We finally scored a touchdown. We kicked three field goals just to miss an extra point. And C.J. Garner-Johnson was that full C.J. Garner-Johnson. This was a great win, and we just need the Niners to lose and us to win, and we're in the playoffs again, baby. And if we make the playoffs... I think this is one of the best seasons we've had since Drew Brees left, since Drew Brees was not our quarterback. Hey, y'all, who that? Loogie Police calling you over another win. We forgive you for not playing our stuff last time, but we're going to keep calling until you play it. So here we go. We're celebrating another win, and we're still alive. Me and my daughter right here. Saints fans! The whole nation, go ahead, hit the strong pain. You know your hip, boy, why you waiting? Do your dance, hit the strong pain. Strong pain, strong pain, strong pain, black and gold, still alive. Who that? Why is that quality so terrible? It does not sound like that on my phone. This is a Saints fan. Subscriber to the Saints Happy Cast. What's with this Saints football team? This has to be the worst football team in the world. Taysom can't stay healthy. Simeon doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time watching book. And is Jameis even there tonight? The offense with this team? My God. The offense? It's, it's painful. I liked it. I... That's a Hall of Fame call right there. That's a Hall of Fame call there at the end. (laughs) I feel like the hotline rebounded strong this week. We have a new intro. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) From the hotline. That was good. 
I, I last week y'all didn't get shit, and I started get. I, I somehow got like looped in on Twitter. Somebody was saying, I guess that was Scott that called the hotline. I was like, man, why? What did I do? <laughs> that was good. That was really good. As good as quality hotline. I like the, the hotline. The the hotline. They need to either when it it does good when the Saints win or they lose in horrible fashion that was like close if the saints just get blown out people just like ah, i'm not calling but uh otherwise we get a lot of calls in and, and i'm proud of the hotline like it's dave's baby we're pushing it people enjoy it um one of them so that's eight. good so now we got to go to saints trivia and it's sponsored by bud rich as always but but here's the thing and i told bud rich this because he was like i'm gonna bring up pain- painful rams memory and i flat out told bud rich i said bud rich if you have some trivia question that's 1983 when the Rams converted like fourth and 26 to beat the Saints and caught and, and the Saints were going to go to the playoffs for the first time. I will ban you and I will report you to Twitch or the Twitter police and for a hate crime. But uh, Thomas, what's the, what's the trivia tonight? Okay, trivia sponsored by Budwich. Uh, the trivia question is. Which QB drafted by the Saints has the best winning percentage? And oh my God. one more caveat, guys. If you think you know the answer, don't don't say it out loud. Just just keep it <laughs> for you know. So the other can guess. Okay. Just like last week. It was, ah, I know, yeah, it's this guy, you know. So we'll work we'll work through the people that we know it's not. Right? It can't be Archie. Because he's Ian the wor- he has the worst winning percentage no. of any quarterback in NFL history. Uh, who else can it be? Can't be like Werfel, right, Scott? Well, I mean, it can't be. I guess. I who the thing is that I'm trying to figure out, Scott, is is there a quarterback for the Saints that we're not thinking of that has like a small ass sample size? I think I might know the answer. Yeah. I think I might know the answer, but I don't think this guy played any regular season games for the Saints. What? Oh, which quarterback? Uh, see, uh, no, well. It'd have to be drafted. Well, okay, I read the question wrong. It has to be drafted you know by the Saints. Okay, hang, okay. I, I think. I think I, I know it. I think I know Scott, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you, and I'm really keying in on that silhouette. Yeah, I think I know it. I think I know it. And I'm going to tell a funny Hang on. I'm going to write it down on my thingamabob here. <laughs> I'm going to tell a funny story. Yeah, you do when that. When I was working for Richard Condon back in Baton Rouge, he told me, he's like, Ralph, I want you to get me a Saints draft pick uh, on the phone. And I want you to get me an interview. You got to get me. He's like, and I'll give you, I'll give you seventy five bucks for every Saints player that they drafted that you can hunt down an interview. So I took Mike Dettelier's draft guide, and I went in the high school and like called high schools and coaches' names, and I found this guy's mother, and I asked her about the coach who was her husband and she was like he's been dead for 25 years i asked to speak to him because i didn't know 
because I was going through Mike Dettelier's draft guide. He got 20, he got 20 points. Hey, back, that was back in that was back in 2000, the spring of 2000. I was poor, and seventy five dollars was a crap ton of money to me. So I was desperate to get drafted players for the Saints on, and I failed miserably. I have, but I think I know name, who it is. I've so, written so, the name down on the opposite side of this of this uh, card here. So you know. I'm locked in. There's the proof. Yeah. There's the proof. So Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I, the it was the the name came to me as soon as I saw the question. And so yeah, I, I read the question. I heard the question completely wrong. But okay, I know I'm it. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give confident. you I'm, I don't know what's your answer gonna be, but I'm gonna give you a final hint. This is the first time that I, I have reused the silhouette. Ooh. Well yeah. then shit. Well I now I'm confused, but <laughs> But Damn it. I, I think I'm going with my answer. Thomas, can I give my answer? Yeah, yeah. Give me your answers, guys. My answer is Mark Bolger. Yeah, that, was, that was my thought as well. I was thinking Mark Bolger, partly just because you were talking about the Rams, and I thought that the trivia question was going to be tied into the Rams. And, yeah, I did too. Yeah, Kevin? so that's who I thought of. So, but Yeah. I... I complete I I I thought I was I pictured Mark Bulger. I was picturing Mark Bulger and I wrote the wrong Rams quarterback who played for the Saints. You put Jim Everett? No, Jamie Martin. Oh my oh. god. I meant I meant Mark Bulger. He wasn't drafted by the Saints. I know. No, no. I meant. I, know. I, that's what I'm saying. I meant Mark Bulger. You talk about a sad dude. If Jamie Martin ever had to play a game in 2006, the Saints would have lost a hundred to nothing. That dude was so washed; it wasn't even funny. But, but and Thomas, yet, uh, we got we got questions. Uh, people in the, the chat are like 4K, Dave Wilson, Delholm. No, it's got to be a quarterback drafted with, by the Saints but has the best winning percentage. You guys are thinking that quarterbacks that played for the Saints in the 70s, 80s, and different times, they've drafted quarterbacks and let them leave. Like maybe – no, Billy Kilmer didn't draft. But but anyway, Thomas, uh, give Holt. us the answer. Not changing more. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one of the uh... – one of the guys in the chat got it right, but let's let's find out the final oh, answer. Wow. Oh my god! Three eighty-seven. That is horrific. <laughs> I mean, didn't Mark Bolter have a better winning percentage than? Yeah, that? like, like, yeah. Mark. Hang on a minute, man. Uh, now, now I gotta look up Mark Bolger. Yeah, hang on. Mark Bolger's got in the chat. Set them straight. Set Mark... them straight, Budridge. Yeah, I'm on there right now. <laughs> Mark Bolger got like a fifty million dollar contract from the Rams, man. All right, let's see. Uh, where's my winning? Jay Haynes, uh, seventy nine in the chat, called it Dave Wilson. Dave is Wilson, the yeah, is the right answer. You didn't specify. 
with the Saints, though. You just said drafted by. You just said drafted by the Saints. It's got to right. be bold. It's got to be bold. Hey, you know, if it makes if it makes Kevin feel any feel any better, in two thousand and two, uh, the Rams started zero and five, and Bulger filled in for an injured Jamie Martin, who was filling in for an injured Kurt Warner. So you know, we did tie we did tie him back into this. Oh my god. Didn't they beat the Saints too? Like the Saints are trying to get to five hundred, and Hazlitt was the interim. No, like, no, no. It would fucking suck. Is the Saints won that game? It was a great game. They won on the buzzer on a walk off field goal, but then they lost the damn three way tie break because the Saints had beat the Rams, the Rams had beat the Vikings, and the Vikings had beat the Saints. And that damn. <laughs> Doug Bryan, now the kicker for the Jets, couldn't make a field goal to beat the oh Rams in the last yeah. game of the season. Hey, Mark Bulger in his career, forty-one and fifty-five, in forty-one and fifty-four. Ooh. Oh. So hang on a second. Forty-one. <laughs> Damn, we're all we're all getting cocky. We're probably all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're getting. Budrich is screaming at his screen. I told you, people. Divided by what is that? Ninety-six. Nope, winning percentage of 42.7. There you go. See, I told That's you. Right. Mark Bolger. I told you. Yeah, but Bob specified during the question that he has to play for the Saints. Yeah, but you did in, 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 in the chat. In the chat. Drafted. Yeah. Drafted the by the Saints. Chat. He didn't say he had to play for the Saints. Yeah, both. Poor, poor trivia to... execution by Bud Rich and Thomas there. I'm going to say that. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to you guys. I'm going to give it to you guys. Like <laughs> I'm the jackass who wrote Jamie Martin thinking <laughs> Jamie Martin. Like, like of all the things that could pop into Kevin's brain at that moment. Hey. Like tonight I learned Jamie. that if it wasn't for Jamie Martin, Mark Bolger would have never, you know, right. played. He never gotten a chance to wow. start and be the answer to this trivia question that we were wrong about. So, so from right Kevin about. we have He was thinking Mark Bolger. Come on. He was thinking Mark Bolger. Um, So let's get to – it's question time. But I want to say before Thomas hits the music, we get so many questions every week that we decided we'll answer the questions that don't appear on the main show during daily shows. And we had one last week, and it was awesome. Uh, It's a little off because it hit, like, before the Rona bomb that ruined the Dolphin games. But it's a bunch of, like, off-season questions. So listen to the mail, the, the mailbag. Uh, podcast if you're a patron it's it's amazing and if you're not a patron become a patron and then you can listen to the mailbag and you can get this sweet saints season survival mug uh it makes any alcohol you drink uh taste 45 percent better um so thomas hit the uh take it to the top music let's get let's do some uh some questions see this hand grip strength of an 11 Full, I could do a full practical turn with that hand. Look at that. Physical therapy, kids. It works. All right, Thomas. Uh, hit us with the... Next question. Okay, Let's first question. First question comes from Biloxi Blues. <laughs> Ralph, speaking of your grip strength... <laughs> what a coincidence. Using the scale of a 7-year-old being the lowest, 11-year-old being middle of the pack, or Ralph's grip strength, 
and a 14-year-old being the strongest, how would you rate Taysom's grip on the football with the splint on his finger? Scott, you can take this one. Uh, way to just pass that off. I know, right? I mean, it's... How many times has it... I mean, it slipped out there in the Jets game, right? But it's not like he's, like, it's slipping out of his hand every play. I don't uh, want to jinx him. He's He's kind of, like... Yeah, he's kind of fixed his fumbling problem, right? Now he'll fumble eight times Sunday. But, like, he fumbled – he he spit up the ball constantly. He fumbled ten times when he started four games. This year he's only fumbled twice. I'll, I'll say – I'll give him the 14-year-old yeah, on this scale. I'll give it to yeah. him. Yeah. More right. than Ralph. Next question. More than Ralph. Absolutely. More than Ralph. Yeah. 100%. Okay, next question. Uh, comes from Bruce HC straight from Scotland and Bruce asks uh, very long question again what has this season told us about the end of the Breeze era that we didn't know and how does that change the way we see the team for the future example I'm not sure Ramchick gets the same deal if he had been extended now and Jeff Ireland doesn't look quite as smart. Thanks to UL Mont One, he subscribed with Prime. Thank you. Support the show. We need the support. You make you guys make this show possible uh, and we need money to keep it going because we got a Thomas's Ponzi scheme in Poland ain't gonna run itself. All right. Just give us a couple shekels every month. That's what I'm saying. So, Kevin, this question here, it's long. It's like it's like the question in Back to School. I only have one question in 27 parts. I'd like to break you in 37 parts. <laughs> so, no, what like I have no answer, Ralph. This is a multi-pronged question about what is the what what is Drew being gone taught us that we didn't already know. Uh the Saints need more the Saints need more QB help. Like That's right. Russ Wilson. Save us, Russ. Save us. I I will say this about what this season has taught me about the Drew Brees era. And it and I and and and, and I knew it instinctively, but watching Big Ben this entire season, Scott, I am so thankful that Drew retired because Ben Roethlisberger this year has been sad. Like Drew Brees, yeah, he was kind of broken in 2020, but the Saints still went 12 and four. They won a playoff game, and it wasn't that bad. And they would have beat Tampa if Cook hadn't fumbled. I am thankful that I didn't have Thanks to a lot, watch. Jared. <laughs> I'm thankful that I didn't have to watch broken down Drew Brees at the end, and the Saints go like seven, nine, and one, and miss the playoffs. Like I'm glad I didn't have to watch that. Think about some of like the all-time greats in any sport that that. Some say, oh, well, Drew hung on too long. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, mean, I can give you examples of guys that played way too long. I mean, granted, a different position, but Jerry Rice, wasn't he, like, cut in, like, Broncos camp? Dude, I mean, yeah. It was, you know, Emmett Smith's last years with the Cardinals. Joe Namath playing with the Rams just looking horrendous. I mean, yep. they're you, – you, you, Big Ben, okay, they've all been with one team, but, geez, man. I mean, you're right. Just, right. just kind of looking sad out there. So – um, 
I mean, hell, you know, Marino Marino had a good last season. Granted, not a good last game. He lost 62-7, to seven, but he still had something. Like, That's right. had he come back for another year after that, you know, they, it, it would have been, you know, I would have been lumping him in this category. Like, he knew when to hang it up. I think I think Breeze yeah. instinctively knew, too. And I'm glad. I'm with you. I'm glad we didn't have to see that. You know, this, oh, well, what would he do with this defense and that, whatever. I just know that he didn't have it anymore. And he should have been freaking offended whenever he was watching – a Monday night game. <laughs> How dare you? Know, you? JV squad out there. That guy, talk about trying to get him killed. Hey, That's just come right. back this one time. Only you're going to have half a team to play with. Yeah. How Jeez. dare He probably texted Sean Payton like, How dare you? How really? dare you? Put, oh, oh you, there's you, only one starter left in the O line. Oh, you were going to do this to me. Yeah. Remember what happened to my ribs the last time yeah. I played with that dude? Yeah. Bad news. <laughs> All right. Next question. Next question uh, comes from. Don Checo, and he asked like, I think three questions. Like, oh my god, what is it? No, no, <laughs> short, concise questions who, what, when, where, why, people. You can't do in multiple parts. This is right. No, no, it wasn't multiple, it was three questions, three separate questions, three separate questions. Chill out, chill out, both. <laughs> Don Checo asks, Would you take Jameis in 2022 if you knew? He would duplicate Aaron Brooks's 2000 season or Russ with an unknown outcome. Ooh, that's a good question. Scott, you take this because you love the 2000 Saints almost as much as me. Oh, I do. I, I, I would say more. Um, yeah, maybe I don't because I still take Russ. Yeah. You, you, if you can get a franchise quarterback, you do it. And as, as fun as that season was with Brooks, I mean, he was what? Four and three as a starter, and then the great playoff win. He was a lot of fun. He was awesome. Um, but Russell Wilson is still better now, even after this season, than Aaron Brooks was for that half season. So you take Russell Wilson every time. Aaron Brooks, Aaron Brooks in that in those five games that he started, three and two. Um well, actually I can't give you the full the the, the stats just for the five games other than that. I'm including but, the two playoff games. But he never he never got over 60% completion percentage. His highest completion percentage was 2003, 59.1, and that was the year that he went 20 that he threw 24 and 8. Uh yeah. Uh, and had his best uh interception per uh touchdown interception ratio. Yeah. It's it's Russell Wilson all the time. Oh, Russ. Correct. Correct. The quarterback next year, I think, is either going to be Jameis or Russ. I mean, right? Is it, that's if they make a big play at Russ, if they can't trade it for him, gonna, they'll respond Jameis. It is going to like we, we, Kevin. I feel bad for you because if they trade for Russ, like there's no draft picks for the next two years. Like, I mean, Look, man, I, I feel bad. I'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. That's right. You'll get over it. They'll have Ross, right? Next question. Uh, next question. Next question comes from Vince S. <laughs> and too bad Dave's isn't here. And Vince S. asks, what, subscri- what tier subscription level do we need to subscribe to never hear Dave sing again? That would be that tier the, hasn't been invented yet. That's right. We it'll probably be like the the golden ear tier, where like if somebody donates like 
twenty grand a month, we will we will sign a blood oath that Dave will never sing on the podcast again. But until that day, we like Dave's song. Uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, he's going to keep singing, and he's got the Yeti microphone, and he enjoys hearing his own silky voice with the Yeti microphone. So I think you're going to get. I think you're going to get more singing from Dave. I don't think the Ian book was a one-off thing. I think why I think is that quality that so terrible? It does not sound like that on my phone. I think I think you're going to have all off season. I think by the time Dave's, I think by the time next off season comes around, Scott. Dave's gonna have a greatest hits album that we're gonna play. It's gonna we're gonna have a Dave parody song bracket. He'll have so many. Need him and uh, and Brian Hansen and Morton Anderson to get together, record you know a new track. That's Three right. of them. That's right. Take it to the bathroom. Take it to the bathroom. Well done, Tomas. Well done, Thomas is the. Hey, best. Tomas, check the timestamp on this. From downtown and across the Atlantic. That's the kind of strike we needed. That's it. <sighs> Next question. Okay, last question. Save the best for last. <laughs> Saints Rabbit is the author of this question, and he asks, which of the following would be more effective in lieu of our current offensive line? Parking chocks, Traffic cones, parade barriers, or track and field hurdles? Ooh, it's a good question. It's a good question. What was the I... first one? Parking, parking chocks. What's a parking chock? It's yeah. like, isn't it the big slab of concrete that's just on the ground? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that would be the answer then. Well, you can I mean, just everything else, you can, though, right? everything else you can just shove over. Yeah, but you just step over a chalk. I mean, I maybe yeah, like the parking truck. You can just step over it. It's not like a block. It's like a little. It's like a little. It's, it's like not a little those. Speed. It's not those like waist high. No, no it's no, like no, no, it's no. like it's just a little curb thing. Like when you pull wow. up in your car. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not I even. A, <laughs> okay, well, that's what it is. I actually have no clue. I think. Then I'm gonna go. I think it's. Per, I think it's. I think it's traffic cones because I feel like traffic cones, they're high enough that if the person tried to jump them, they might clip them. Whereas like a parade barrier, you can grab it and you can like spring yourself over it if you don't want to just jump straight over it. I think it's traffic cones. If that barrier falls, they're all the D lines all busting their ankles in there. Oh, that's true. they're, They're trying to pull their way out of that. I mean, a hurdle, you just push down, and all you got to do is, like, step over one thing. You know, yeah. a traffic cone, you know, I mean, it, it might trip you. But I think parade barriers have the highest chance of, like, injury, which I'm not wished on anyone, but, you know. <laughs> would you rather – would you rather – if you couldn't do the whole offensive line, would you rather have a parade barrier or Caesar Ruiz at guard, Kevin, if you could just – have, you can't have a whole offensive line. You could just like pick and choose. Would you rather have a parade barrier or Caesar Ruiz at guard? I'll take the parade barrier. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, imagine like McCoy and Ramchek grabbing it with their, you know, like their left arms and just 
left and right arm and just picking it up and like moving the line with it. They would just go downfield. Yeah, it'd be way more effective than Ruiz. We didn't get into Cesar Ruiz. He he has regressed to the point of like Andrews they Pizza. can't like Scott, they gotta do something. Like they can't have him starting at guard next year. Like what's he, crazy is like we were talking earlier about Cam Jordan and like why don't we you know bring up other positions where when these guys are missing you know, they, they don't play as well. With Ruiz, if I had told you on that Monday night game that, okay, there's one guy on this O-line that's a first-round pick. There's another guy they signed yesterday that hadn't been with the team this year. There's, uh, there's you know, there's two others that are UDFA, and there's a second-round pick. Like, which one was signed yesterday? Everyone would have pointed to Ruiz. Like, nope, no, that's actually <laughs> the first-round pick. It was right. it was sad, man. And yeah, even like even like last year when you saw him with the starter, like there's been moments where his run like his run blocking has been it's a it's 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 not bad. But his pass protection is is some of the worst shit I've ever seen. And you know, uh, drafting a center to play guard, I mean, okay, it worked not with Charles Bentley when you moved him around. It is not working with Roe. They they broke the Ralph number one rule of drafting, Kevin. Never draft a dude who's good at one thing in college and ask him to do something completely different in the NFL. That always, always usually ends in tears. Um, He's a great hybrid player, Ralph. He tested really well. What was the test? They were asking the wrong questions. He he keeps passing. What about Andrew's feet? Oh, wait. Parade people in the chat are saying parade barriers definitely is the way to go. Um, let me ask you this because your listeners can't stand Pete. Has has Ruiz managed to do something that you and I couldn't do, Ralph? That we tried to do once, which was try to make Andrews Pete be appreciated just a little. I think so. at it, but I, I think, think Ruiz so. has somehow managed to do it. I think I think he I think Ruiz had he did we couldn't guys. I think I think people are like. Give me Andres Pete, please, for the love of God. Because the thing is, the thing is with with Pete is he never looks just overwhelmed and confused. He always looks like, oh, he just got beat physically. His form wasn't good. He got destroyed. He got pushed back, whatever. You never, you rarely had Pete in times where you're like, he's out there blocking no one and just look at, he's like a, he's like an old man in a parking lot looking for his car. Like, the confused glazed overlook. You never, you don't see that too much with Pete Ruiz. It happens twice a half with him. So anyway, guys, thanks for the questions. It's, it's prediction time. Uh, Thomas, I don't know. Scott was such a late, late ad. I guess he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to have a prediction graphic. So we'll have to go over the score, but Scott, you of course get to make a prediction, but we have to go over where we stand in the standings. Uh, for the uh, for the show, are you sure you want to know? <laughs> I mean, I know I I biffed it. I, I I picked Carolina, so I know I'm I'm uh, I'm out of this. Oh my! Andrew Scott, how did Andrew get fourteen? He got three. Andrew, Andrew got three points again. He locked the game and he predicted the winner. And he also wanted uh, the start of the oh, game. Oh, he locked it he, in. He he predicted Mar- uh, Mark Calloway, but. I think you you won't give it to him as the start no, of the game. No, you can't give it to Callaway. Callaway. Yeah. 
So, so Andrew's got that. I got. He, he would have had. Uh, he would have had seventeen points, or, or, or even like twenty, I think, for predicting the start of the game while locking the game. I want to lock mine in for this week. I want to lock. I didn't <laughs> too tell late you, for I'm, that. It's you too cannot late. now. <laughs> so, so, dude, what was Andrew's? What was Andrew's prediction? Uh, I don't remember. I don't uh, like he predicted. He, the, he, he yeah. Oh, you you want uh, this week's prediction? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. this week's prediction. You want to start with Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think was his prediction? I think he predicted the Saints. Like, you know, right? What about rest of the guys? Yeah. Across the board. Oh, guys, I I gotta disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew predicted 23 to 20 for the Falcons, and he said the season is over. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. And oh, he's that's a heel you, turn from Andrew Juge. You caught Andrew at a, at a bad moment. He was probably pissed that his flight got delayed. His house has like a foot of snow or some shit. His generator's running. It's going to be empty when he gets home. Uh, you probably caught him at a bad moment. Uh, that's why he picked it. So... Give us Dave's prediction, and then, Scott, you're going to go. So give us Dave's prediction, Thomas. Okay, so Dave actually predicted Saints winning for a change, and he predicted 24-17 Saints, and his star of the game is going to be... Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. All right, Scott. And and there's one more thing. Well, what he locked it in. Oh, there it is. He locked it in. <laughs> As he should. That that's the only should. way. I, he can, I, I, I I forgot. I, I forgot to lock it in. I should have locked mine in because it's the last week of the year. Yeah, that's the Babe, only way you can. We might have. We might have another week. That's the Knock only on way he, he can catch Andrew. So Scott, here's how it works. You give a prediction, and you give us the. Uh, Start of the, the game or third of the game, yeah. Depending on who you choose to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I I listen to the show, so we got Saints twenty to nine. Wow. Star of the game, Cam Jordan. I like it. Well, I mean, you know, you, you check them eight times, me, that'll happen. <laughs> give me, give me every lock there is. <laughs> this Three is like MTV Rock and Jock. This is like that eight point or that eight point ball. <laughs> That's right. All the MTV. Here's my here's my favorite thing about the twenty twenty one Falcons is and, and Andrew and I think Kevin too used to make fun of me because I would in my predictions a while ago and they made so much fun of me I stopped doing it but I think it's hundred percent true for the Falcons. I used to say all the time this game's going to be a blowout or somebody's going to win by a field goal and they called it the Ralph special, but Atlanta. They are the Ralph special team of 2021. They're last in DVOA in Football Outsiders. The reason is they either win the game by four points or they get absolutely freaking trucked. Look at their scores of their games. They either win it close or they get their ass handed to them. So my theory is... Is like if you're doing that, like you just have to go on what Atlanta is. I mean, look at their look at their scores. They 
they lost 48 to 25 to Tampa, 32 to 6 to the Eagles. They beat the Giants 17-14. They lost to Washington 34-30. They beat the Jets 27 to 20. They beat Miami 30 to 28. They lost 43 to 3. They lost 25 to nothing. They beat Saints 27 uh 25. They lost to Tampa by two scores. So my point is this. The Saints are going to win and they are going to destroy Atlanta. And this crazy weird insane Saints season, it needs to end with complete joy in the regular season. And Scott, what would bring us more joy than beating Atlanta? Not much. Beating Atlanta in their own stadium to clinch a playoff spot, beating them 28-3. to That would bring us so much joy, it could literally kill us all. We'd die with a smile on our face. So here's my thing. Saints 28, Falcons 3, your star of the game is God because he's going to give us something really, really special on Sunday. How about that? That's my prediction. This season, I forgot God, to lock it in. I wish I could. Second time this season, God, God has been listed as the star of the game. Yeah. Gary, nice. You remember. That's right. I How think do I, I remember. Did, I think I listed God, the guy, though. I think it was the turd of the game. Yeah. Oh, no. Nope, you're right. You're I, right. I made God the turd of the game. Oh, you're trying to get on his good graces now. I'm trying to get in good graces. So that's my seven. Wrap us up. What's your uh, your prediction for the game, Saints? So, by the way, I forgot. Saints, four-and-a-half-point favorite in Atlanta. And the Rams, who the Saints need to win, they are a five-and-a-half-point favorite over San Francisco. So, But, but Kevin, go ahead. Uh, Saints, 16. Falcons, 10. Star of the game, Marcus Williams. Ooh, I like that. Here's the thing that we, we yeah, didn't those do. Good, those good COVID drugs in him. Here's something we, we I should have done for the prediction to make it more fun. I should have asked Thomas for a graphic, but I didn't think of it till just now. And I think we need to go around the horn is because, listen, for the Saints to get in the playoffs, everybody knows they need to win, and San Francisco needs to lose. And the Rams, Scott, will have every every uh, every indicate that every every I'm I'm blanking on the word, but they have every reason to want to win Sunday because if they win, they're the two seed. If they lose, they could be the five seed. So like they're going to want to beat San Francisco. So my question to you is, besides your Saints pick, do you think the Rams are going to get it done and help the Saints out and beat San Francisco? I mean, Kyle Shanahan's got McVay's number. He does. The he Niners does. have kind of owned the Rams, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, but. Trey Lance didn't look that great against Houston. And so that coupled with the fact that L.A. has a lot. I think of San Fran's, you know, no one's at full strength, but I think they're missing a little too much here. And uh, I I hope just, you know, I mean, I can't stand the Rams, but (laughs) I hope that McVay can finally get one over on Shanahan, who's kind of owned him, to be honest. So I I think um, don't turn it over if you're the Rams and – just that's hard. Stafford's been booty the last like, yeah, man. It, it, I think I think what the Rams have going for him, it, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is like incredible, but there's times wherever it's close, he won't lose you the game. And I think it's going to be difficult for Trey Lance going up against that D line of the Rams. So I I don't think the Rams are going to cover. I think it's going to be one of those deals, Ralph, where things win and Fox switches over and we're sitting there 
you know, holding our asses and just sweating, hoping, sweating it out. You know, but but I, I think the Rams are going to win by a field goal. I do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, somebody said if Shy Tuttle gets a fat guy touchdown, Go uh, he goes into the ring of deception. <laughs> Play it all out. Play it all out. We love it. It's oh, oh, oh deception. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people in the chat. Uh, uh, Matt says Saints twenty-one to six. Start the start of the game. Deontay Harris. Um, you know, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. Of course, you, you're 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 gonna have um, so you're gonna have. Playoffs never go as scripted, and and, and if, if all the favorites win, the Saints will be in the playoffs, and um, there's always some sort of chaos or mayhem that happens. Um, but, Scott, I was trying to think, is 2005 or no, 2004, is that the last time the Saints went into a final day needing to win and needing help to get into the playoffs? I think it is, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. And, and uh, Doug Bryan. You know, yeah, Doug. Damn, stupid Herm Edwards should have let him get a little closer. I'm still yeah, bitter about that. Yeah, you no, play to win not. the games, but you don't play to kick a closer field goal. Man, the Saints have won four in a row. They were playing oh, great ball after everybody left them out. They would have, I don't know, they felt like they could have. And the fucking five and six seed both won that year in the wild card round. The Rams beat the Seahawks, and then that was the Randy Moose, Randy Moss Moon game where Joe Buck said yeah. that is a disgusting act. It's like, they <laughs> could have actually won a game that year. Uh, oh, but yeah. Who knows, you know, I mean. Katrina it changes Saints history, year. though. If Hazlitt wins a second playoff game, we might not have the Drew Brees era. Who knows? Who knows? You might be right. <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, thanks for joining us, as always, on the live stream. And uh, I want to say again, I want to say thanks to Scott. Scott, you're at ESPN in Lafayette 1420, but tell the people uh, all your stuff. Tell them how they find you on Twitter, how to listen to your show, which is amazing. I'm a guest all the time. It's it's a great show, uh, the great Scott show. Tell them That's how right. they can find you on the internet or wherever to uh, to listen to your show. There's also a fans-only account uh, at a couple of websites that um, you can get into see a little bit you know behind the scenes <laughs> i'm kidding fans only um, but don't do that uh no uh at scott mimic on twitter just follow me there and links are there espnlafayette.com you know we're fm now am still we got to stream the app uh so uh at espn lafayette and uh, at scott mimic and espnlafayette.com and i don't tweet as much as ralph and the guys usually because i'm trying to chase three actual around and uh, yes, and working, but uh, but when I can, I, I like to I like to run with it. But I uh, always love doing this, man, and uh, appreciate you having me on. You know, I've spent some birthdays just crying about the Saints. You know, whenever I turned <laughs> six, they got slaughtered by the Vikings in the playoffs. When I turned eleven, I was at the game. They're up by ten in the fourth quarter, and they lose by sixteen. So oh, you know, I mean, God. hell, I remember Mark, the Mark Burnell, Lionel Hamilton show in the. Um, you know, reserve game in the 09 season. Of course, Saints went on to win the Super Bowl that year, so that was a good thing. So I figured, you know what? If I'm going to spend my 40th birthday, I might as well spend it uh, talking about the Saints. That's right. So we appreciate it. Um, 
Thanks to everyone Bro. in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Bro. Thanks for supporting us as always. Uh, Andrew and Dave, safe travels to wherever you need to get to. Bro, uh, you forgot uh, thanks something. To- Oh, wait, wait, I forgot something. A clip of the week. I'm an idiot. Do it, Thomas. (laughs) Always. Okay, so uh, it's funny because this week we don't have a clip, a singular clip of the week. We have a clip compilation, actually. Oh, wow. Compilation. let's, let's, Let's check it out. When the guy who will scrub Roger Goodell's balls vigorously to make sure they are pristine... And as shiny as Dave's head right now, when he even questions the legitimacy of the league allowing a team, uh, allowing the Saints to field a team of fucking guys that came off the street, they could have picked any of the four of us. Use the in-book face. Good work, good work by Thomas. Dave, uh, how long did it take you to? Dave, you're really using your uh, your head range there. As they say, head. Why do they call that head range? <laughs> when you can't actually hit a note, and you're just like, you know, like that's you, what she said. Kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know all the technical terms. I'm, the I'm head more range. Of a natural, more of a natural talent, uh, <laughs> unpolished, if you will. Um, how long did that take me? It did not take me that long. I just the, Thomas the violin. No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the sad violin. Is the right segue for this, Kevin? Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. I was trying to. (laughs) It never gets old. Like I think we should just do a whole podcast. The sad violin just leaps in. (laughs) Kevin, I was trying to think of a quarterback in Saints. I wish I loved anything as much as Andrew loves hearing the sad violin. I know. He, <laughs> he loved Andrew. He loves when you are sad. He does. Happy he loves, like He's a sadist. This, we might need to do we might need to do a navel gazing bracket of uh, a bracket of all our sound effects and seed them. One to like sixty four. Sure. Uh, Seed is I'm gonna barbecue your ass in molasses. That was those are old school. Those are old. That's a good one, uh, uh, Scott. I used to love the the Buford T Justice ones. They never really caught on. They had that one. They had that's the, the pure and simple communism. They never they never caught on. I like, think it's uh, because you played them at the wrong time and yeah. they were like way overmodulated and too loud. <laughs> that's right. Now we got now we got a professional really producer. Was. Maybe I should tell Thomas to work. Some of the old Buford yeah. T. Justice Smokey and the Bandit uh, yeah. sound drops back in. Hell yeah. And, you know, it's the problem is you would do it, but it'd be like right in the middle. Like Kevin would be on this great rant and he'd be pissed about Adrian Peterson. And then suddenly <laughs> Ralph would just. It's like, man, I was, he was kind of rolling. And then you just <laughs> win. That's what's right inevitable. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into like a roast. I was just appreciating no, that. The it's history a, it's, of it's, it's not a roast. It's memories of classic podcast episodes. Is it, you, you guys started this, right? Like 14 years ago. That's so. right. Yeah, I could do this, though. My so, yeah, it's been, has it been, it's been it was either 2007 or 2008. Like, it's long. It's a long time. Well, congrats on all. We were. We, we we were early podcast Saint, Saints podcast pioneers. 
now we're old. Um, so anyway, thanks to Scott for pinch hitting. Good to see you. Uh, go to ESPN. Hey, Tomas, check the timestamp on this. Find Scott wherever he is. Support 1420 in Lafayette. He does an amazing do- job. The great Scott show. Uh, support him. He's amazing. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Dave and Andrew, safe travels. Thanks to everybody in the chat. And hopefully the Saints will win. And we will see you again tomorrow. Oh, the bar's I fucked it up. Never mind. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.